0: What's up, metal
1: maniacs? You've got George. You've got Tom. You've, You've got, got another, another podcast, podcast coming. coming. Cheers, friend. Cheers, buddy. Mm. How you doing today, George? Man, I'm feeling great. I'm glad everything's going good in my life as mm. usual. I love and that. I ha- I'm always grateful for that. That's fantastic to hear. Thanks, man. How's yeah. everything with you? Huh. I'm hanging in there, too,
0: man. I got, you know, I'm on an upward swing right now. Things are going well. I'm, I'm engaged. I've got a very beautiful fiance and a wonderful life to look forward to. So I'm pretty Amazing. happy about that. Yeah. Hey. Thanks, Ben.
1: What's that wedding date again,
0: bro? Uh, October 22nd, next year. Ooh. Yeah. we going to make
1: you a married man soon.
0: Can't wait. Ooh. So let me tell you a little bit about what we're drinking today. Yes,
1: please. Hey.
0: This is one of my favorite breweries. Actually, is Warsteiner from my native homeland of Germany. This is their Oktoberfest special edition.
1: It tastes German.
0: It doesn't it though. Like, yeah. Do you get the sort of very like malty sort of like hoppy feels? Um, well, not feels. Uh, taste to it. Yes, I do. Almost a little bit skunky. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. See, this is a really good semi-dark beer mm-hmm. a very nice toss-up between a straight-up blonde ale and and like a darker stout kind of
1: i could drink a few of these I'm back ga- to back
0: i'm glad you enjoy it i kind of went on this was a little bit of a gamble because i know you know some people aren't that big on german
1: brews mm-hmm. yeah my mm-hmm. wife is full-blooded german That's- heritage and she does not like german <laughs> hair. god what a
0: shame well I'm going to definitely butcher this pronunciation, but das Einzigware. I'm not sure what that means. But this is imported directly from the fatherland. Um, and, you know, since Oktoberfest, I'm pretty sure, originated in Germany, I figured, all right, well, this has got to be perfect for this time of year. Yes, sir. Plus, it's got 6% alcohol, so the alcohol content isn't as important as the taste, in my opinion.
1: For sure. Yeah, um, and this is a really nice beer. You are the one who picked out today's song, Mm -hmm. and tell us what you chose and why you chose it. Okay,
0: so I chose Revelations off of the Nostradamus album Um,
1: but this is the song that stood out to you right
0: so the song that stood out to me was Revelation mostly because it's the only one I actually remember Nostradamus it doesn't
1: stick with you at first no
0: I remember years ago listening to this album thinking dude I I don't get it I'm bored so here's the weird thing about this album is there's a lot of experimentation going on here, which is why I wanted to explore this song in particular off of this album.
1: Yeah, I remember we talked last week trying to figure out what songs to cover next. And you told me you were getting kind of interested in checking out Nostradamus. Mm. And when you went back and listened to it again, did it make an impression on you? <sighs> In a way, I don't really know
0: how to describe it. It left an impression in a sense that it's such a weird, interesting album. It's a very odd part of Judas Priest's discography.
1: I would say so. And the last K.K. Downing album. Oh, God, how shameful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The thing about it that stands out to me is that it is interesting in a way that that's not compelling. It's a concept album, obviously, about Nostradamus, and concept albums are very hit or miss. It can go either way. You either get Paradise Lost, or you get Nostradamus. (laughs)
1: You know, as many times as I've listened to Nostradamus, the song's never really stuck in my head. Mm. I would listen to the album over and over sitting in front of my computer in 2008 while chatting with friends online. My yeah, name? yeah, this there. is what we did before everyone had smartphones, kids. Kids, look it up. I don't want to go on a tangent about the album as a whole because someday after we've covered every song, we will have to do our full album review. Mm. But what I do need to get across is is that I've heard Nostradamus dozens of times, but I still don't feel like I know the album that well. Unfortunately, it's never been able to keep my attention. And I don't
0: think it keeps anyone else's attention either because no one really talks about it. Priest fans, this is is another reason is that this is such a weird album is because you get the sense that it was a bit of an undertaking by the band that they put a a lot of passion and research into. But it's just not that inspiring. It's boring. It's just kind of dull. It's a lot
1: of interludes. It's a lot of soft songs. Mm -hmm. It kind of takes away a lot of the pacing. And I think that's why it's hard... To sit down and listen to this almost two-hour album where there's not a ton of exciting bits. And this is a heavy metal band where you're probably way more used to hearing them rock the fuck out and play some ear-splitting riffs. Not to say that they can't venture out of their comfort zone, but they went way into left field. Do you know what this almost makes me think
0: of? It kind of makes me think that this is Priest if they had never been a metal band. Imagine if they kept going with their original rock and roll style.
1: This is Priest if they continued building on Sin After Sin and Stained Class.
0: 100%. That's what this album reminds me of. It's kind of almost like Bizarro Priest. From another timeline. It doesn't fit in with their discography. It doesn't even really build off of anything that they were doing up until this point. But regardless, I'd like
1: to get into the song itself. Nostradamus as an album has a hard time keeping my attention, but I could pick out some individual songs that are good, and I think this is one of them. Well, I had a lot of trouble researching.
0: For this episode, because as I was listening to the song, I felt myself zoning out a lot and losing interest very quickly. And I found myself thinking about other things while the song was playing. The one part, and if you would play this for for the audience, there's one part in the song that stood out to me very particularly, which is this one brief 10-second interlude where they throw in this what sounds to be either a highly processed acoustic guitar or an an oud and they play this sort of middle eastern sounding scale and it only is there for 10 seconds but that is specifically what caught my attention
1: about this song sure let's throw in a little clip of that yeah so what do you
0: think about that so what i think about that is that was the moment i realized that this is an album where they were trying to really break the mold and experiment and add some kind of going back to their progressive roots honestly i can't help but think that they were probably in a creative funk when they made this i don't know for certain unfortunately
1: so what i've read in the books about priests that i have is that they were approached by their manager bill curbishley he suggested maybe it's time for you guys to start exploring the progressive scene again and maybe make a concept album you've never done that before Uh and i have some ideas maybe you could do a b or c one of the ideas he had was nostradamus the band heard that and they took to the idea They researched him as a person. They thought it was interesting, and they rolled with it. And we have the album that you know today. I don't know the full story of Notre Dame, so I can't really interpret how accurate Priest's version of his life story is, but it really does sound to me like they did research a lot about him. So this album was released in 2008, right? That's right. So what I'm about to
0: share is pretty anecdotal, but sorry. So 2008 was around the time when the 2012 end-of-the-world prophecy started becoming popular.
1: Making its rounds on the
0: internet. It really started gaining traction as an idea, and there was this vague connection people were making between the Mayan calendar and Nostradamus, because there are multiple people who have come forward and say that Nostradamus predicted the end of the world and made all these apocalyptic prophecies. Nostradamus was almost like a living Bible in the sense that his work is, and the things that he researched and sort of talked about are so widely open to interpretation, you really can't pin him down on anything. Probably because he was smoking opium a
1: lot of the time. <laughs> Where do you think all his prophecies and revelations <laughs> came from?
0: Dude, I have plenty of those when I'm smoking weed, but they don't come true either. <laughs> I do remember that around that time period, there was some interest in Nostradamus as a figure, and I can kind of see why that was the concept they went with for an album.
1: Sure. It's interesting as hell. I think a concept album about Nostradamus is a great idea on paper. They might not have executed it exactly to my liking, but there's a really small but vocal contingent of priest fans I've seen online who hail Nostradamus as a masterpiece. And they're saying, not everyone will get it, but I got it. And I, th- and I really enjoyed what they did. So, you know, good on those people. And you can never really fault someone who has an opinion like that because, Hey, the band put a lot of hours and effort into making this and, and, not everyone might have enjoyed it, but some people did, and I'm happy they found enjoyment where other people did not.
0: Yeah, man, good for them. Taste in entertainment is 100% subjective. What you find enjoyable, someone might find unbearable. Not to say that I find this album or this song to be unbearable. I actually find it to be quite perplexing.
1: Now, just like we were talking about, those strings that oud that was in there for 10 seconds, you know, I thought, you know, that sounded good. You know, it's like something totally different. It's out of left field for priest. And you said, okay, but if they removed that from the song, the song as a whole would be pretty just similar to what it is now.
0: Well, it would be, it it doesn't, this is the thing that I find so interesting is that it doesn't, Add anything to the song, but but if you took it so if you took it away, it would it be would, the same song exactly you you wouldn't subtract from it in any way, but it's so weird to hear that. You're sitting there in the middle of this song, and suddenly this very strange sort of middle Eastern melody comes at you.
1: yeah, experimentation for experimentation's sake. but if they didn't have that, then you would be a little worse off, I think because it's nice when a band that's 30 to 40 years old can still surprise you in some way. Listen,
0: experimentation is never, by its very nature, is not a guarantee that you're going to be met with success. That's why you experiment. You see what works and what doesn't. And in that aspect, I still think that this was a worthwhile endeavor Mm -hmm. because you have to, every now and then, go through the motions and go through the unexplored territory sometimes you wind up somewhere fantastic sometimes you wind up nowhere at all and for priest this is a good way to sort of stretch those creative muscles and i can't imagine that this wasn't some kind of learning experience as a band
1: I saw the band in 08 on the Nostradamus tour. I think it's pretty telling that they only played one song from Nostradamus oh, <laughs> on the oh, Nostradamus tour. Oh, that's brutal. What song was it? It, it was Death. Oh, yeah. is, that, that's a good song.
0: But, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you got to play a song from Nostradamus, then like...
1: <laughs> there are there over 20 songs on this album. That's what and I mean. This was a they two, only played one.
0: This was a two-disc album. It was massive.
1: And they only played one song off of it. Rob and KK, they both speak very highly of this album in their books. They said, we worked really hard. We think it's very different. We're very proud of what we made. You know, good for them as a musician. You want to be proud of what you made. You don't want to regret it. And it's one of those sort of projects where you kind of get the sense the band did it more for themselves than for the fans. They could have just made Painkiller Part 2 if they were doing it for the fans. Yeah. But they kind of did this because they wanted to do something different. And even if not everyone got it, in fact, I would say most Priest fans didn't get it. But they probably still had to do this because Priest has always been a band that's tried different things.
0: No, you brought up a really interesting point that they did this for themselves. That's a, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes as a band, you have to undergo a project just so you can get it done and keep the band together. The most, probably the most famous example I can think of is Saint Anger Mm -hmm. in that that was an album that had to get made so that they could make a fucking album. There was so much turmoil and drama going on in that band in order to keep that band together they had to make that album
1: right you you watch that metallica documentary when they were making the album and everyone in the band was going through therapy and saint anger was kind of an extension of their therapy almost making that album was a release it might have been the worst metal album of all time by a famous metal band, but yeah. it still served its purpose. Bob Rock, um, Metallica's
0: longtime producer, went on record saying that you know in the past I approached Metallica as you know their album production as their manager. This time I approached it as their friend, which is extremely telling. But we're not going to get too far off in that direction the point i'm trying to make is that not every album is for the fans in the sense that you have to get it made for a different reason
1: right now i'm gonna date myself i have this album on cd (laughs) for what it's worth i love the fact that Priest puts a lot of effort into the production values of their physical media Mm -hmm. because it's chock full of amazing art on not just the cover. You've got the back cover. You've got the 24-page booklet with tons of additional art. It's a great companion piece to the music, Mm -hmm. and they really worked hard on this. And Glenn Tipton and K.K. Downing – are listed as the producers for this album. Obviously, anytime you get an album where the band members are also the producers, you know that the band is sticking to their own creative vision because an outside producer is sort of there to guide you and give you advice outside the box. But no, this album was produced by Glenn and KK, by the band themselves. Mm-hmm. So you know that they basically. Did whatever they wanted and the album came out the way that they wanted it to for better or worse. We as fans, we have to make up our own mind on whether or not it was good. This album is a miss with more fans than it is a hit. But at the end of the day, you can never say that it wasn't the band's creative vision. They
0: they made it exactly the way they wanted it made. So this album exists as it is, the same way that it existed in their minds. There's actually tremendous artistic merit in that statement,
1: and there's artistic merit in Revelations. Yes. Now, there's not, I won't say that I like everything about the song, but I definitely like some things about it. Mm. And I think that it is overall one of the better songs on Nostradamus. Not that that's a grand statement or anything.
0: (laughs) I really love the concept of an album about Nostradamus. The execution was just, it was wrong. Maybe not to the band, because this is the album they wanted to make, but for my money, I just think that such an interesting character required more interesting music.
1: We talked about this when we were giving the song a pre-listen right before recording, Mm -hmm. as we like to do, and you pointed out that on the verses, Rob's delivery is just not energetic whatsoever, it's one word at a time Mm. i'll play you a little clip of that Pretty good guitar riff. It's a little buried in the mix. Rob's voice sounds good, but it's the delivery, the one word at a time, mm. the sort of lack of dynamic range. He's staying in the same it's very, key. It's very M- monotonous. You know, it doesn't amp you up. No,
0: and... You know, that's kind of the signature priest thing, is getting you amped and excited. And this is a very odd turn for the band. Right. But this is exactly why this album is so interesting to me. It's... I don't know, man. You said left field, and I really, at the moment, can't think of any other term.
1: Right. And... Isn't it a huge contrast coming right off the episode for delivering the goods where we emphasized how good – Rob's vocals were Mm. in the way he enunciates certain words. And this song Revelations, it's just the complete opposite. He's not making any of the words or phrases really stand apart with that unique energy that he used to bring. No, in fact,
0: I would say that he's more so almost playing it safe with this album. This album does not show off his range or talent as a vocalist.
1: Maybe on some of the songs, but well, on this
0: song, not right this least. one, yeah. not on Revelations. So one thing that the album doesn't disappoint on, that Priest never d- disappoints on, is the solo work is as good as it's ever been
1: on this song. Hell yeah, dude. Mm. I think the first solo is KK. Let me pull that up. Yeah.
0: That's definitely KK. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't convince me. It's, even if it is um, Glenn, it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> right?
1: It could be a little hard when you're talking about songs they've never played live because you don't have any footage to look at. Yeah.
0: I mean, wait, do they credit that in any, like, can you find that online, honestly? Like, if you looked it up, you know, that's one thing that's always there that's refreshing is that, okay, well. Their solo work is still phenomenal. You, know, you can never take
1: that away from them. Sure. But like you were saying before, the guitar sound on the entire song doesn't really totally hold up to that quality. No,
0: it doesn't. And a big part of that is because the guitar sounds so muted in the mix compared to the synth, for example. Um, well, that's really it, actually. Yeah. Compared to the synth. And the synth to my ear doesn't even sound that good. It sounds like it was recorded on a
1: Casio keyboard. <laughs> I like the orchestral arrangements. It's very neat and interesting to hear them in a Priest song. But I think you made a great valid point when you pointed out that it's sort of that orchestral flair comes at the expense of the guitars, which are really muted in the mix.
0: That's always been their selling point is their guitar work. That's what makes Priest, Priest. It's not there because this is a... It's a more classically constructed piece. It's an orchestral piece. It's not really a metal piece in the traditional sense. It's constructed as if, well, first of all, there's an actual orchestra in the background, but the guitars are constructed around that orchestra. So they can't really stand out all that much. If you notice, a lot of the song is sort of like an open chugging. Dun, 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 dun. And occasionally they throw in some sort of like fifth chords in there in some
1: weird progression, but not even weird. It's kind of uninspired, really. Priest does a lot of departures from what they normally do in this song. Yeah. And they wanted to tell a story. And in the way that they arranged the song, they're telling a story at the expense of sounding like themselves.
0: And again, you know, I can't fault them for going into this organically and exploring unexplored territory. We were talking about this before the podcast is that I'll never fault an artist for experimenting because experimentation is never a guaranteed payoff. You either find something that works or you don't. But I'll never fault an artist for at least trying something new. And this is definitely something new for them and for the listeners. That doesn't necessarily mean Sorry.
1: you'll want to go back to it.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, it's it's But it's an interesting note in the band's history that maybe their average listener would take a second look at if for no other reason than to just hear it because again it is perplexing in a way that's not interesting but still fascinating i don't know how to describe how i feel about this album (laughs)
1: yeah you're just gonna have to give revelations a listen and make up your own mind You know, even though Nostradamus is a concept album, I think it might be better off listened to in terms of individual songs just because of when you listen to one song, it's way more easy to digest than a friggin' entire almost two-hour opus, and especially with, like I said the interludes and soft songs killing the pacing, not many people are going to have the attention span to listen to Nostradamus as a whole, but maybe you can check out this one song, Revelations, and be able to give at least one song your attention and make up your mind, and maybe you'll find some stuff you like about it, too. And there might be some stuff you like and some stuff that you don't.
0: So, as an occultist myself, the way that you you can kind of approach Nostradamus is it's kind of like a grimoire almost. A grimoire is not something you read like a novel start to finish. You use it as a reference guide essentially for specific spellcasting rituals and incantations. And Nostradamus is almost the same thing. You don't really listen to the album front to back. That's been my experience at least. You find the songs by title that kind of look interesting or you read through the lyrics and then you're like, all right, let's give this one a shot. That's the way I recommend going through it, is not start to finish, you pick a song at random,
1: and you go from there. Sure. The band wants you to sit down and listen to the album in full as an opera, as a concept, as a piece, Hmm. but... If you don't have the attention for it, which which I don't, (laughs) and you probably don't either, you know, then you got to do what you can and try Mm -hmm. to judge it a piece at a time. There's better uses for your time than listening to this album all the way through. So, because Nostradamus is a concept album, I think we definitely do have to interpret the lyrics on this one, just because of the very nature of how this album flows.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so let me pull that up really quickly. Actually, sure.
1: So and again, again, I'll give you the disclaimer that I don't know the full story of Nostradamus, mm. so I might be wrong. But this is what I think the story of Revelations is telling, yeah. based on my limited knowledge. Now it seems like Nostradamus, the man, the character in this song, is questioning whether his visions are real. Or just his imagination he says things like overwhelms like madness and did you choose me have I lost sanity and now this possession becomes my obsession Mm -hmm. such torment and sadness overwhelms like madness you know you get the picture of a man who's really coming across with an internal struggle, and he doesn't know whether these visions are real or just his imagination.
0: I'll tell you one verse that sticks out to me, or one particular line that sticks out to me is, Pandora's box is open, too late, no turning round, a paradox has woken, I serve with honor bound. Nothing else, they captured the essence of Nostradamus as a person, and yeah. they captured the essence of his what you call them teachings? Maybe. Did, did he have disciples? Or prophecies or we'll go with visions. prophecies. Yeah. You no know visions. We'll go with his visions. Because the lyrics, true to his visions, are very obscure and their meaning is multifaceted. As individual as the person who's reading them. There's a lot of different ways, there's a lot of different meanings you can walk away from with this song. Mm
1: -hmm. One of the lines you brought up, I serve with honor bound, there's another line in here that says, I'll spread the word, and at the beginning, (laughs) where he seems like he has this internal (laughs) conflict, but by the end of the song, it seems like he's reached a sort of resolution that he does believe what he's seeing is real, mm. and he's made the commitment to really live out his destiny as a prophet and a visionary. Mm. So you see the sort of evolution and the story unfolding in the lyrics, which mm. is pretty cool. I wish there was a better song behind it. Yeah, well,
0: you said it... God, don't we all... You said that there. it was like constructed almost as an opera. This is following a character arc of almost like a call to adventure, in a sense. Not adventure in the sense of, like, having fun, but in the sense of an obstacle and a journey to overcome. He's clearly accepting that, okay, I don't know what is going on here, but I have to go forward and dive into this more.
1: Does Nostradamus believe that his visions are given to him by some kind of god? Like, lines such as, Did you choose me? And just the way that he phrases things, it makes me think that he's speaking to someone and he's sort of implying that his visions are coming from some higher power. These visions, he believes, may have been gifted to him by whatever god he worshipped.
0: I feel like for future episodes where we cover songs off this album, it might be prudent to do a little more research about Nostradamus himself. That I agree. That could add some uh, much needed context, I think. Because I'm going into this I know the man by name, essentially. That's the most I really know about him. But I just really wanted to talk about this song in particular.
1: It's definitely an interesting song, and it's a song that We're doing what we can to judge it without knowing the entire context, because if you think about it, the average listener, they haven't researched Nostradamus as much as the band has either. Mm. And the band put out this album with sort of the intent that they could tell the full story and if the album connected with you then you would gain a good understanding of Nostradamus mm. unfortunately it kind of is what it is you know i'm actually start
0: kind of a weird thing but you know i'm a very spiritual person this could just be my own intuition talking perhaps that's by design in a way not in a way that the band necessarily intended but in a way maybe that Nostradamus might have intended because maybe his teachings were meant to be vague and obscure. Not his teachings, you know what I mean. Maybe they were meant to be vague and obscure, and maybe it wasn't meant for the just any person to really understand and look into. That could just be me talking here. I have no idea, but I'm kind of thinking on a more spiritual level at this point.
1: So if there's one really positive thing that I could say about Revelations, it's the drumming. Scott Travis throws in some tasty drum fills in the transitions between basically every part of the song. Mm. You know, first when the beat kicks in at the 32nd mark, it's on. And then there's another short fill in between the verse and the pre-chorus, again between the pre-chorus and chorus, then chorus and bridge before the solos and so on. Let me play you a couple little clips of that, listeners. So I think Scott Travis really does a great job here. And these fills, they keep the song from getting repetitive. They help the song hold your attention. And you can miss those drum fills if you're not paying attention because they're short, little fills. They aren't ostentatious ones that you might hear in progressive metal. These are understated. Yeah,
0: I've always appreciated that. I've always appreciated your appreciation for the little details in songs like that. That was something that I actually missed. But the drum fills are there in this song. They signal a change for the rest of the band and for the listener, too.
1: Yeah, they're not, like I said, 20-second-long Dream Theater drum fills. Mm. These are understated, and that's great because sometimes that's what you need in a song. When a drummer moves the song forward without taking away focus from the rest of the band, that means he's doing his job and doing it well.
0: And Scott Travis has always done just that. Right. And he continues on this album.
1: He doesn't get enough credit, but he's always fantastic. Mm. And... If you're listening to this song and trying to pick out something good, the drumming might be the best part of it.
0: So, if nothing else, I don't know, check it out for that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. there's good stuff to say about Revelations.
0: There is. Um, I don't think I'm being too hard on it, but I'm, I'm definitely talking about the things that I think I need to talk about here.
1: Yeah, we're here to give our honest opinions, yeah. and we are not here to be cheerleaders. Not everything the band has done has been a smash hit. Yeah, just wait till we get to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, we're we're gonna give you our honest opinion if we don't like a song. We're not here to be total fanboys.
0: Yeah, we're not just mindlessly gushing over. Priest, which you may have gotten that impression if you've listened to our last episodes. We're really here to explore this band in every facet of their career. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what we're doing today.
1: And it may The made good, it, the bad, the weird, yeah, and the ugly comes next episode. Ugh, we're, uh, fuck
0: uh, that. <laughs> we're not, you know what? We're drinking whiskey next episode. We're
1: not, <laughs> we're not doing beer. Well then. Uh, I guess that's it for Revelations. Hey, listeners, do you remember the first time you heard Nostradamus? Which Probably of, not. No, <laughs> me neither. Uh, if there are any songs on that album that made an impression, which ones were those songs? Was it Revelations? Was it something else? Uh, shoot us an email at metalgodspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And-
0: And by all means, let us know if there's a song song on this album that does particularly stick out, because we'll cover it, and we will definitely give our feedback on it.
1: That sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. All right, listeners. Until next time. Stay locked in. And keep defending the faith.